Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Codec Call podcast. It's the CodecMoments.com podcast. That was a bit repeaty, that introduction, wasn't it? Uh, with me today is Matthew Holt. Hello. Hello. It feels like it's been a long time since we've done this. It has been a long time since we've done this. Although, um, you know, I've been involved in editing bits. Yeah, I know there's a there's a monster podcast that we just put out, which um, was a little bit late, but hopefully entertaining for people. And um, it is now May the 1st, so we've, we've tried to get back into our monthly recording ways. Yes, and I, I promise it won't take me quite as long to uh, put this one together and get it out there. But there was lots going on. I know, busy. I know. It's, it's, all been, it's been busy. It's been busy since the 4th of March. Was it 4th of March we recorded that? A long while back. Uh, it's 4th of March and, and the 21st of March. Yeah, so there's a lot going on since then. My accountant's been harassing me. You had a child. Yes, who, who's actually <laughs> sleeping at the moment, which is quite good. That is good. Yeah. yeah as, long as, as long as we get this done in less than three hours, she probably won't wake up. Well, in the spirit of that... Uh, What's happening today, Matthew? What's happening today is the usual. We're going to do a bit of games that we've been playing or what we've managed to do over the last six or seven weeks. Um, we've got WTF coming in with bits of news and uh, some other info about the website. Uh, we've got Codec Momentum because we need to tell you who won the March Codec Momentum. And then we've got April's to draw as well. We've got Rootmaster. We've got the Hannah Montana versus Rainbow Six Siege competition, which is going on at the moment. Some more details on that. And I believe we've got a quiz as well. Brilliant. Earlier on today on Facebook, I was talking about uh, movie game crossovers. And it struck me that having Alien versus Mario would be in, uh, quite an interesting, yet probably wholly inappropriate video game movie crossover. Yeah. I think Hannah Montana versus Rainbow Six Siege would be another fine contender. I think that would be an amazing crossover. Um, and I would pay to see that. <laughs> I'd pay good money for that DLC. Ubisoft, please, if you're listening, make it happen. Yes. Yeah. And we we don't want to be rescuing Hannah Montana. <laughs> no, I want to. I want to be. I want to be the dual chain gun wielding maniac like Hitler is at the end of uh, Wolfenstein 3D. <laughs> Excellent. And on on that libelous note, let's move on. <laughs> Okay, so what have we been playing? Um, I'm going to be upfront about this. Not a fat lot. I've, no, um, your list is looking relatively light this month. I'll go through what I've put on there in a bit. The only thing I've played on the Xbox or the PlayStation in since the 21st of March, um, when we recorded the pickups for the last podcast, is the very first preview rally in uh, in Dirt Rally with the with the minis. That's it. That's it. Just the just the the one that you play whilst it's installing. That's it. Do you know? Uh, let's let's put this down to a combination of quite how bad my internet is and the fact that I've barely had my consoles on in in the past two months. Really, I I got Quantum Break on release. I'd pre-ordered it. Um, it only finished installing the other day. What? Is that that and, what three weeks? Yeah, yeah. And Dirt Rally, which I played the preview for, um, still hasn't actually finished the install. <laughs> No way. Yeah, I know. It's not bad. That, that's awful. You you've got to do something about that. I've got to. Yeah, yeah. So um, so what have you been playing? Well, I I didn't expect to be playing anything. If I'm honest, um, as we mentioned at the beginning, my daughter's come along. 
Um, and I figured that would be it. As it turns out, the girlfriend in hospital for a week and then a very sleepy child, I've managed to play far more than I thought I would, which has been great. So um, I've played Dirt Rally, as already mentioned, which is the greatest rally game I think I've ever played. Not just on this generation. It's just, it's near perfection. That's praise indeed. It's good. It's very good. The only reason when we reviewed it, it didn't get full marks is because it might edge towards the hardcore. If you're if you're an arcade racing fan, forget about it. It's going to be too too much simulation over the arcade style, but it is fantastic fun. The thing I found about the even just from the brief preview that I played was that it, it's hard. Um, mm. It's quite punishing, but it's one of those games where if if you edge out a fourth place, you feel like you've earned it, and it makes you want to go back rather than just thinking. Oh my god, the AI is just so buggy and ah, just rubber banding. Ah, it, it's actually a game that makes you want to want to really perfect it and improve. Yeah, and that's that's a good point on the rubber banding piece, um, which I have found in a lot of the other other rally games that we reviewed recently. There's there's always that feeling that if you're romping away with it, they catch up and beat you, and if you're failing badly, you suddenly improve. With Dirt Rally, you don't. You have almost a performance level that you play at and it persistently stays at that the different ai drivers will behave differently on different tracks there'll be some the better at some the worse at but there's definitely no rubber banding in play if you are persistently running through say the greek rallies in fourth place there's a good chance you're going to end up fourth but with a bit of extra effort and some luck you can pull that to third or second there's a chance you won't get into first place the first place will tend to romp away with things it's it's brilliantly set up to encourage you to improve, use the cars more to upgrade them, make them faster and lighter, um, and and just understand the handling model because that's the that's the key piece to it. Um, because I was playing quite a bit of it whilst I was going to and from hospital, so I was only getting maybe half an hour at a time. So I was doing the daily challenges, which are fantastic. Login, set a time, one off. You can't repeat it, um, and then get cash the following day if you've um if you've done well enough. Um, but I did actually manage to use remote play to do it. And it's the first time remote play has ever worked outside my house. It's fantastic. I was going to say, not not just from your kitchen, but from, from the hospital while you were... Yes, yeah, I sat, sat in the hospital room, um, remote playing into the PS4, doing daily challenges. Um, the Vita is absolutely appalling as a DualShock controller for a rally game, but it worked. <laughs> Definitely worked. Even even ended up with some free credits. Swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to know more about Dirt Rally, we've got the review on the site. Fabulous. Do you know the only the only game I've ever really enjoyed playing on remote play was Destiny, because it just the way it moved things about and used the touchscreen to um, to negate the fact that you were missing two shoulder buttons would really worked quite well. Yeah, to remap the controls, um, I had to jig around with them to make sure that it all worked. But it um it did work fine when it got up and running. Awesome. What else have I been playing? Um Ratchet and Clank. That came out. I've had that on pre order for a while. Was it good? Excellent. If you're a Ratchet and Clank fan, it's a great game. If you're not a Ratchet and Clank fan, it's a great game and it's a budget price. <laughs> Less than thirty quid. Um a good eight to ten hours of story plus a challenge mode to go through afterwards. Just a game that that keeps on giving. 
it is a rehash of the very first one, and it's obviously built to time with a film that I think is now released worldwide. I've never played a Ratchet and Clank game, so I can see myself picking this up and having a go on it. Yeah, it's it's good fun. It's um, it's kid friendly as well. It looks like a, a kids game. It definitely isn't. It's um, third person shooter action all the way. But it's just it's just great fun. Um, fantastic sense of humour and probably probably one of the more colourful games you'll ever play. It just looks amazing. Now they've um they've managed to ramp it up to the sixty frames a second on the PS4 and the beautiful detailed environments. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. Lovely. Okay. Anything else? What what else is there? Uh, detailed, beautiful environments. Hitman and the Sapienza level that came out. I think just over a week ago, and it's kind of restored my faith a little bit in the game. Well, that's good to hear actually, because I know that we were we were both a little bit disparaging about Paris. Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with the mechanics of Paris. It was just getting to the end of it. It was a little bit of a oh. I've got to wait a month for another level. That one was, wasn't was overly inspiring in parts. I'm not sure what the rest of it's going to be like. Sapienza pulls it back to that feeling of blood money, that feeling of openness, of variety, uh, hugely different ways to approach um, the actual mission objectives. There are three this time. There's two targets to take out and a virus to destroy. So there's a slightly different objective to to have a crack at. It it just works. A beautiful, beautiful Italian coastal town with multiple routes, loads to uncover and explore, quite a few Easter eggs. I even found a kraken last night, a kraken attacking a sailing boat. I saw the picture from your sniper scope on, uh, on Twitter that you posted, yeah, and I just thought, what? <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I thought as well. It's it's brilliant. You know, it's, it's really, really well done. The level itself is is great still done nothing about the contracts mode so contracts still broken oh yeah yeah all the supplementary stuff the things that are meant to suck you in and take up your time they're just not there it's it's no it's no fun to actually go and play the contracts because you're not really challenged other than just finishing off what somebody else has done um the only bonus is it did get patched again after sapienza was released and now they've put a reconnect option in. So if you're actually in the middle of a level and it loses connection with the service or you put it into rest mode, you can reconnect. And the challenge is when you unlock them, you don't have to finish the level to make them count. They automatically register as soon as you've done them. So it's taking a little bit of the grind out of it. Yeah, going back and having to do stuff again and again and again because of disconnection, it really, really put a dent in it for me in that first week or so it was the going and completing the different objectives um trying to tick off the challenge list um you're just having to constantly do the missions over and over again and now if there's one thing you're just aiming for you can go in do it quit out the level you've got it registered and you can go back load it again do something different you it feels a little bit more fluid and a little bit more accessible and especially with sapienza because one of your targets probably has think about seven opportunities to to finish him off but the other target only has two so you've got a lot of variety with one guy but not with the other and it helped to go back and do that it's actually it has encouraged me to go back and finish all the challenges off do the opportunities i'm um currently sitting at 100 percent trophies for all of the hitman levels at the moment because it actually maybe go back and do paris too now that they've made that oh, change wow. 
Um, and I've, I've just enjoyed it a lot more. I just wish they fixed the contracts and I wish we'd get the elusive targets. They were supposed to be from launch and we're now two months on. Yeah, definitely. I can see myself going back now and um, and perhaps maybe going back doing, uh, doing Parish with a little bit more vigour before I uh, have a crack at Sapienza. I'd, I'd maybe recommend just go straight into Sapienza and do that and have a go at the Escalation Challenge in Sapienza as well. Um, there's one that just involves explosives, which when you <laughs> pick up the knack for it, it's not having you run all the way around the level and be really, really careful. You can actually do it quite quickly. So the five-tiered approach is probably a little bit more forgiving than some of the Paris ones. Oh, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the recommendation. I might give that a crack later yeah. on. Again, that's reviews on the site or review without a final score or withholding the final score until we've got all the chapters complete and we've done the full game. Uh, but the the review of the level is on the site if you want to read that. And the same for Ratchet and Clank, that reviews there as well. Cool. Well, the next thing that you've got listed here in the show notes, there was uh, a lot of interest on Facebook for our thoughts on this. Ah, the Mirror's Edge Catalyst Beta. That's the one. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it that much that I stopped playing it because I didn't want to ruin anything from the main game when it comes out. All right, wow. I, I was a big Mirror's Edge fan anyway. I love the idea of the, the free running and the traversal um, and the way the the way the city was designed to in, to highlight these routes for you to move along. But it always felt a little stunted and a little directed. Now, with the open world aspect you have kind of got that freedom and i probably played maybe about three or four hours in total it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed what i was doing some of it felt a little bit repetitive um collectibles you know the bane of every single open world game seemed to be rearing its head but the the mission side of things was quite interesting and it was that piece i didn't want to progress because i thought what i don't want to do is get the game when it comes out at the beginning of june and have to spend the first four hours doing something I've already done. And how did it play? How was the um, how was the parkour? I mean, we've had oh, we've had Dying Light since you know Mirror's Edge came out. We've had a number of games that have done parkour really quite well. Yeah, um, it was still good. It was still fresh, and I still remembered um, some of the tips and tricks that we had from the original game. It's a little bit more advanced than um, Dying Light in terms of the move set. In terms of the climbing aspect, you're not just scaling straight up buildings, you are using the leaps and vaults and bounds to, to get where you want to go. It was it was good. The frame rate was fairly solid. The servers seemed okay from when I was connected to them. Um, I have read some bits on people are disappointed that it's not running at a huge amount of frames per second and that it's not 1080p. You know what? I couldn't care less. It, it played nice. It looks all right. Um, the only thing that probably needed to get a little bit deeper into was the combat. If it's like the last game or the first game, it's combat you just want to avoid. You just don't want to bother with because it's it's all about the environment and the running rather than taking guys down. They've got a feeling the combat seems to be a little bit more focused this time and, and so far in, in the bits that I played, at least you went up against people with weapons, which which was just a killer in the last game. Okie dokie. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be fun. Um, are you, you going to pre-order? Uh, not at the moment. Not at the moment. That's mainly because No Man's Sky is coming out in June as well. 
and I just want to check and see whether um, Mirror's Edge is going to get knocked back a little bit further because it's already been delayed by two weeks. Um, although I'm assuming that's actually so it doesn't clash with Uncharted 4. We'll see. I might just pick it up when it comes out. I might just wander into a local shop and buy it. That's your console uh, gaming done for the month. What have you been uh, What have you been playing out and about? Out and about? Well, it's mainly because it got reviewed ages ago. Um, Prof and Brian did this one on a cost of a coffee back in 2014. And I hadn't realised that it had come to Android until a few weeks back. And I thought, when I saw it, I'm going to have to get that. It's Motorsport Manager by Christian West. Good game. It's fantastic. It's really, really good. It was featured on the Apple App Store the other week, and it just made me think, oh, it's had an update. Do you know what? I might I might put it on again. And I I was playing it for quite a while. It's easy to lose time in it, isn't it? You just you start a really race off, is. or you start a qualifying session, and then you do a race, and then you think, I can do better, and then you move to the next one. And then the next one, and before you know it, half an hour, 45 minutes has gone. Because I always was, I was found when I first started playing it, um, I'd ramp the speed up as much as I could. And then um, and then when I went back to it, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to slow it right down. I'm actually going to pay attention to what's going on and, and think about the strategy a little bit more. And it did much better yeah. when I started doing that. That's what I noticed as well. Actually considering it as a team owner, rather than just trying to bomb through a mobile game, it, it really does pay dividends. Um, and it's a lot of fun. I, I really have enjoyed it. And I think I paid some daft like 65p for it. It was a minuscule cost. Yeah, considering it's from uh, it's from one guy who's um, clearly developed with passion, it's it's so slick and it's it's really rewarding. It is. I was trying to recommend it to my dad as well because I thought he'll absolutely love this and completely forgetting he has a Windows phone. So there was no chance that he could actually play it because it's only <laughs> Android and iOS. Uh, but it, it is that good. Anybody who likes motorsport at all could probably get into this quite easily um yeah i i strongly strongly recommend most support manager it's very good yes yeah and um should go and check out prof and brian's review as well yeah definitely we'll uh, we'll put a link to that in the uh, in the podcast page so are, are you actually going to tell us what you played on ios then because i'm seeing your list yeah, and i'm just I'll, wondering I'll if you're embarrassed well, do you know? I'll I'll start off. So the one the one I'm still currently playing is called Sniper 3D Shoot to Kill. It's, it's terrible. It's it is really bad. But it's it's literally just looking looking down a scope and picking off people from a distance. Um, there's no there's no real skill to it. You can you can buy different weapons and upgrade them. And um, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of slightly hooked. If I'm honest, it it sounds quite impressive. It looks it looks a bit like it's done in the old GTA three engine. You know, perhaps not quite as as smooth or fancy, but when you when you look at some of the vehicle models and stuff, you can almost think, you know, is is this is this anything similar to the the GTA three engine? Or is it renderware? And then you see the ragdoll physics as as you shoot someone and you think, nah. No, definitely not that though. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it is, it's terrible, but it's it's quite addictive. Um, and the, another one I was playing was Criminal Case, uh, which is just something I've been bombarded with for about three years on uh, on Facebook notifications from about three or four of my friends. You know, so and so has found a new clue. And after after watching a video in in some other game when I was um, you know trying to earn free energy to play another round, 
I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. I quite fancy uh, I quite fancy some kind of detective game. And it's not. It's basically, it's just, it lists. So you, you're given like a crime scene, which is just cluttered with junk. And on the bottom of the screen, there's just, there's a few things, you know, it'll list a couple of the things that might be here and you've got to find them and just press them. Uh, and that's it. I, so it's just finding stuff. I know the type of game. I, I, my, my girlfriend but, has a soft spot for those types of games. I know what you mean. Yeah, I, but it was kind of addictive again, though, you know. And I played, I played that for probably far too long. <laughs> and um, and the third one, the yeah, third one is terrible. the one I'm I'm intrigued about. The third one is actually the third one's actually really good. It's so it's called Hungry Shark Evolution. <laughs> okay, so Hungry Shark Evolution. Um, I'm playing that on iOS as well, and it's by a company called Future Games of London, who are a Ubisoft studio. Oh, right. And it is, you start out as a small shark and you just have to go and eat stuff. <laughs> so you swim, you swim around the ocean eating small fish and then bigger fish and sharks and jellyfish attack you and, and you die. It's but not- as you eat more stuff, you get bigger. And then when you become like the biggest of that particular shark you can, you can unlock the next shark up um, until the point when you're like a, a great white shark or a megalodon or something, and then you can just eat anything in the ocean. But it's great. You just you go around eating swimmers, attacking divers in cages. And, um, you know, little little captions pop up when you eat things that are, are kind of, I don't know, funny. I'm trying to think of one now, and I can't. It sounds <laughs> it sounds a bit Katamari-esque, with that idea of just it's a bit... eating everything or rolling up everything in the world to make yourself bigger. It's kind of, yeah, just bombing around the ocean, eating everything. Like, if you eat a puff of fish, and it would come up with, like, puff pastry or something like that. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, just, it's really terrible, but it's actually, that's actually really, really good fun. So, um, yeah, just bombing around the ocean as a giant shark, eating people. Brilliant. That's, I can strongly recommend that. Honestly, Sniper 3D, Criminal Case, oh, don't worry too much. But Hungry Shark Evolution, give it a go. It's really funny. <laughs> nice. So that's... That's what I've been doing. Other than that, um, I've just been editing bloody podcasts. Oh, they they take forever, don't they? They do still. Get this <laughs> one up by August. It'll be right. Let's move on then. All right then, let's move on. WTF? What's that, fellas? So, WTF? It's that uh, it's that part of the podcast where we take a look at some of the things that have made us double take in the past. Well, normally the past two weeks or a month. Um, what are we now? Eight weeks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the first one, the first thing we've got on our list, though, is probably the the most important, and we'll we'll get that covered off first because we've we've mentioned with the games we've been playing, directing people to the website. I'm going to have a look at reviews. We've switched our hosting over the last two months. Um, it's been a relatively big task to do that, would we say? Well, not for us. Not for us. That, that's the thing. Yeah, it's, it's been relatively <laughs> big, but not for us. There's um, there's a guy behind the scenes who's um, really given us a massive hand with doing this. In, in fact, in fairness, he's done everything. Um, and we wouldn't have been able to, to do what we've done, move from a fairly patchy service onto um, a much better one, uh, faster platform. Um, so thank you, Nick Case, for everything you've done for us. Yeah, seriously, fella, thank you very much for all your help. It's much appreciated um, because one of us needs to be the technical brains of the operation and it's it's not Matt and it's not me. 
we can do some little things we couldn't do what you've done hopefully people have noticed when visiting the site that we are quite a bit faster quite a bit smoother um and uh, up more times than we're down yeah and if you haven't noticed then uh, why not log on now to codecmoments.com how's that was that on message that was that was perfect good what else then what else has been in the news well the big one and we kind of got hinted at it by um, Prof and Brian in the last podcast, but the big one's PlayStation Neo. Now, is this is this based on that joke? You know the one, who's the fastest rapper in the West? Oh, God. No. No. Because, <laughs> is, it, is, it, is that it? What's, what's the fastest PlayStation there is? No. Well, I hope it's not based on that. But <laughs> probably is. <laughs> uh, yeah, we... we this has obviously come about over the last three weeks. Um, and so it would have featured in this podcast at some point. And there's going to be an interim PlayStation, uh, which as far as I can uncover, it's not just rumour, is it? It seems like it's definitely a thing and it is going to get released. Um, and its upgraded specs seem predominantly in the graphics card area. So it will support 4K resolutions. It'll have a little bit of extra processing power. I think there's something with the uh, RAM as well um, to help it compute faster. A, a tweak and a nip and a tuck here and there to really do what? That's what I'm wondering about. I have no idea really where they're trying to go with this other than support 4K games, um, seen as 4K screens are becoming far cheaper. The remit is that anything that is developed has to be compatible for the current PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation Neo. Um, there doesn't seem to be any indication that it's related to um, PlayStation VR, so it's not going to be a requirement for that. So I'm trying to understand what is the benefit in this console. You know, I, I agree with you entirely on that point i i don't have a 4k screen i'm unlikely to replace mine for some time anyway to be honest so this this isn't appealing to me if we start to see neo only games i'm going to be disappointed if i'm honest well, you know i i was in i was in the same camp with the you know with the uwp you know potentially seeing different iterations of the xbox one thing it's just it's a bit too soon for my liking, you know, it and is. I don't I don't want to be one of these fanboys who sits there and says, well, you know, we should get 10 years of life cycle. I think the last console generation was an unusually long one. It, well, we say but that. It, it wasn't... Two years? It wasn't that long in the end. I don't think it was as long as some of the ones that had um, preceded it. Is it seven, seven for the PlayStation 3 and 8? For the 360 yeah i suppose when you when you talk about concurrent use alongside other generations as well you know with ps2 and and the the xbox um i don't know i'll, I'll be honest i probably won't buy into it if there's neo only games i might think about it depending on what there is but i'm i'm probably not gonna bother where I am with VR is if they suddenly turn around and say, and PlayStation VR will have so many more benefits with Neo, I'll probably cancel my pre-order for the VR. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. They have said, from what I've read, that, that Neo won't have Neo-only games. Everything has to run across the two. 
the Neo is just going to potentially, and this hasn't been confirmed, but potentially provide a better spec of game. Um, they're talking about older games that um, can be patched so that they run at higher frame rates or higher resolution. Um, it, that's why I'm getting the feeling it's this sort of nip and a tuck and a tweak that they're doing with it. it it's just, it does seem really bizarre just to say all of a sudden, oh yeah, we've got this interim model. The only the only thing I can genuinely think of is that it's to deal with the fact that there are more 4K screens out there. I mean, last time I bought a TV was 18 months ago. If I'd held on for a year, I'd have been able to pick up a 4K TV for the price that I paid. And that makes me think the market's becoming quite saturated with them, um, or for probably, fa probably faster saturation than LCDs were. And so they're just trying to jump on the back of that people might want something to run through their 4K screens. But really, for, from a gaming point of view, I, I don't want to have to upgrade every two or three years. Yeah, I mean, 4, 4K means nothing to me, really, at the moment, if I'm honest, because it's the lack of content, as far as I'm concerned. I understand there are going to be streaming services, there are going to be, you know, 4K streams, with my current internet connection, I'm I'm struggling to uphold a Hangouts conversation with you here. I, I'm not interested in 4K. I don't have time to wait for a 4K resolution movie to download or stream. No, no. It's um like like I said, that's the only thing I can see it being used for. And am I going to buy into it? No, no, I'm not. And I'm absolutely with you if they say Neo will provide additional benefits for VR and that you'll get this above and beyond, I think my VR pre-order will be cancelled as well. Yeah, because that was that was what came about with the resurgence of, um, or the, the push, the brief push they had with Vita around about the time PS4 was released, was, uh, you know, Vita's going to be so much better with PS4. Yeah, and it's taken um, two and a half years for them to just patch and fix the remote play. And I think they've only done that because they've added in the PC remote play yeah <laughs> so so let's let's watch this space yeah be interested to know what the listeners think and is anybody actually going to plump for it are they going to go oh yeah that that excites me i'm going to get it and uh if you can let us know and, and let us know why and, and what those reasons are excellent okay um call of duty infinite yes now there's been a teaser trailer i've not seen this trailer yeah I... um and i've just got in the show notes is that robocop yeah. <laughs> now the thing is, I I actually haven't watched the trailer with sound. Um, I I'd stuck it on and, and then something else was going on, so I couldn't hear what was happening. And I was just looking at this forty-five second teaser, just thinking, is that Peter Weller? Is it RoboCop? Um, I don't know, and I haven't been back to check. I probably should have done, but you know that'd have been far too prepared. Um, the thing that's interesting with this is the remastered Modern Warfare that's coming with Call of Duty Infinite and the leaked online listing for a remastered Modern Warfare trilogy. And really it was a question, would we play through those games again? I would, yeah, absolutely. I, I think they were the the three finest Call of Duty games, the Modern Warfare trilogy. Uh, the first one, uh, when, you, when you're playing back as Price crawling through um, Pripyat, yes. was just awesome. And it's like the first time you, you really encounter huge numbers of enemy at such close quarters and you you just 
petrified that if you move or do anything, you're going to get rumbled. Yeah, the uh, first one, definitely. Second one is a um, belting game. S- second one is an awesome game, and it, it took everything that Modern Warfare did and just ramped it up. And it, it kind of, I think it laid the benchmark down for the story-driven Call of Duty games. Yeah, yeah, I see your point with that. Because Black Ops, Black Ops came after yes. Modern Warfare 2, and, um, and ever since then they've been trying to outdo each other. They have. Now the third one, I can take or leave because I thought it was pretty poor, story-wise. Third one was good. It it, it tied up all the loose ends it needed to. It was um, yeah, it wasn't as strong as two, but it it did what it needed to story-wise, as far as I was concerned. Had Infinity Ward lost Western Zampella by that point? Did they go after Modern Warfare Two? Now you're asking, when was two? Was it because right? Uh, Black Ops was 2010, so it must have been 2009. Yeah, that feels about right. And they went in 2010. So they went before three came out. Um, yeah. Oh, and that was it. Wasn't um, oh, didn't Sledgehammer come in and work side by side with Infinity Ward to finish Modern Warfare three? So you had a different team working on it. And that's probably yeah, where the quality, story quality, dropped off. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's it's probably a combination of um, kind of an interrupted workflow and um, and somewhat having your hands tied by needing to uh, need to wrap up the loose ends of Modern Warfare Two. I guess that that feeling that it was definitely a trilogy and it wasn't it wasn't just going to carry on ad infinitum. Yeah, and you've also got the just the entire upheaval of losing your your directors, your, your direction for the game, um, what you were going to do, um, where everything was going, and what they had in their minds for it. You you've got a lot of upheaval in the studio, so it could be well, it did have an impact because it's definitely the weakest of the three. Yeah, especially uh, yeah, I mean, I can see how that could have a massive um, a massive impact on a, on a, basically a two year cycle as it was at the time. Yeah. I two though is a is a solid game too. Is an awesome game, mm. um, story wise. Uh, some of the some of the twists in that actually still take me by surprise. Yeah, I'm I'm looking uh, forward to that. That's not still obviously because I've played it several times, but the, it it genuinely shocked me a couple of the twists in there and no Russian. Jesus, yeah, they, they that's could never one of, the, one of the few one of the few things in video games that's that's over the years that's actually made me feel a little. Well, feel me make me feel very uneasy. They couldn't top that. They tried in three, and I won't say the scene because it'll be, it'll spoil it for people who haven't played it. They tried, but it didn't yeah, have the same impact. It felt it felt like shock for the sake of shock in that one. Whereas there's no Russian. It was it was integral to the plot. It was um, genuinely harrowing. Yeah. Oh, the only worst part about it is going back and playing multiplayer in there later on. Yeah, it was a fantastic map as well. <laughs> that was, it was really even map, worse. Actually, yeah, but um, but yeah, no. Oh, honestly, if so, I, I don't know if you if you're one of the people that um, the first time you you went through and played No Russian, went in all guns blazing, then um, uh, yeah, I, I know I didn't. I, I deliberately didn't. Um, but then it had been plastered across the news before I played it, so I kind of knew what I was getting into. So a bit of forewarning, um, and then realised you I, you could just walk through it. You just walk through the level, but you have to watch everything else. 
I came to it late because I I bought a 360 um, in early 2010. Um, and I, I picked up Modern Warfare in, in probably March or April 2010. So it would have been out for about six months by that point. I'd forgot I, if if I'd read any of the um, press about it, I'd, I'd certainly forgotten about it by the time I played it. That that part came as a genuine shock, and in fact, the the bit at the start where it says, you know, you can, um, there's some pretty horrific scenes in this game. You can turn them off if you want to. I I thought it was just marketing bluster, if I'm honest. And it turns out it isn't. Yeah, it really wasn't. <laughs> so I'm I'm interested in playing all three of them again, um, because I haven't got copies anymore. So that would be that would be quite good just to run through them. Um, I'm not necessarily interested in Call of Duty Infinite, if I'm honest. Black Ops Three I quite enjoyed, but it just did reiterate to me that's my first one in three years. Um, in fact, the first one I played since Ghosts and Ghosts was terrible. I I enjoyed it, I've... but I wouldn't necessarily jump back into the series. But I would be interested in playing the Modern Warfare, definitely one and two. I've played the I've played the last three, um, and they're they're good. They're they're kind of taking baby steps, evolving slowly. Um, but yeah, but the none of them none of them will will ever match Modern Warfare two for me, as far as I'm concerned. No. Oh, that uh, just just the the way the the story the plot lines tie together. Sorry, I'm I'm going. Is it all right to spoil a game that was out in 2009 that pretty much everyone's played twice? Go on then. If, if, if we'll, we'll give out a spoiler warning if you don't want to know the plot and the twists and the turns to Modern Warfare Two. Turn off for the next minute. It it just ties together so nicely. So you 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 go into that installation, you rescue Price, and then he's like, "Yeah, okay, well, hold on, lads, let's just go and procure a submarine. I've got something to do." As only Price would do. Yeah, exactly. But and then the next thing is it Private Allen that you're fighting as there, no, or, or whoever it is. Maybe Allen's dead by this stage. Anyway, you're you're back <laughs> fighting with the with the Rangers, and um, all of a sudden, just when it looks like everything's lost, an EMP goes off, and you just think, oh, that's what Price was doing. Yeah, it's just the way it, we've we've had the modern warfare games where you know everything cuts between one story and another, and they've all tried to be very clever. But actually, Modern Warfare Two nailed it. Really did nail it, and it all. You, you just think what the hell is going on here and then you, you cut to the next scene and suddenly it all becomes very clear and you just think, oh yeah, alright then. It was nice. Right, that'll do. So that, that, <laughs> they're on your uh, repurchase list then? Yeah, do you know, I've, I, I'd own Modern Warfare 2 again, absolutely. I don't think it's on backwards compatibility yet for the Xbox One, but I tell you, oh, if it comes on there, do I, do I buy it on there or do I wait for the, the remastered version? Wait for the remasters. I think I probably will. Oh, I'm really excited. <laughs> all right, then. Let, let's shift on to his last piece. A bit of a counterpoint <laughs> to all the killing and destruction in modern warfare. A bit of a counterpoint. So I don't know if you listened to the last podcast. If you didn't, go back, have a listen now. Um, because one of the things I'd said had delayed the podcast. There's a, there's a myriad of reasons I said it delayed it. But one of them was my poor daughter. We'd all been very ill in our family and... Uh, We'd had a, a like respiratory infection type thing, and then um, just after she got over that, my poor daughter fell over and bumped her head, and um, it wasn't bad. She was a bit poorly, so we had to go to hospital and get checked over by a doctor. And honestly, we were we were there queuing for about three or four hours. We got five minutes in front of a consultant who ran a few checks and went, "No, nah, she's fine. You'll be all right. Just which, go home." Which is good. Yeah, it's very good, absolutely. Well. When you when you're talking about a a twenty month old, that's very reassuring. 
it was a busy time for us and that weekend i'll be honest uh originally a while ago i don't know if you remember we'd uh we'd had an interview with christy doran the racing driver i remember that hopefully the listeners do as well Well, through that we got friendly with christy and uh, we also had some discussion with her dad john doran who is the the motorsports editor at the scottish sun i i sent john a picture of my daughter in a go-kart because we we happened to be in maplin and there was a little go-kart there and i put her in and she looked like she was having a great time driving this little electronic car around. So I took a picture and I sent it to John Doran, thinking he's the most sports editor of the Scottish Sun. He'll enjoy that. So he texted me back and said, that's brilliant. How do you like to get her down and put her in an actual race car sometime? You know, we'll sort it out this year. Christy would love that. So we said, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try and do that. And provisionally said, maybe the end of March. But it was very much left that I would speak to Christy and arrange it. And I never got around to that. And I apologise now. But we didn't have time. We didn't get around to it. John Doran asked our friend at the Scottish Sun, Stuart Cullen, about why I hadn't been in touch. This is where it gets confused. Yeah. Stuart said, oh, I think his daughter's been ill. Now, that should have been the end of it. What actually happened was Stuart who is also a friend of mine on Facebook, uh, happened to look through my timeline on Facebook and saw that I'd been in and out of hospital. What he didn't clock was it was all over the country and it was for work because I, I work in clinical research. I run drug trials up and down the country and that's what I do. I go to hospitals and I speak to doctors and consultants and research nurses about clinical trials. So about, about a week or so ago, the motorsports editor for the Scottish Sun turns around to our friend Stuart Cullen and says... How is Andy's daughter? To which Stuart replies, I think she's in a really bad way. He's been in and out of hospital <laughs> for about a month. <laughs> At which point, John is off having a helmet prepared for his daughter to race in with poor Rose written on it. <laughs> it's save Ferris. All, if you've ever seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off, it's save Ferris all over again. It so is. before um, Before I get accused of starting some... Uh, campaign for uh, i don't know miraculous treatments that my daughter doesn't really need i'd just like to say i i was not party to this at all and thankfully we got the message to john um before but it was a bit of a bolt out of the blue when i got a phone call uh asking me if i'd be okay with uh, a tribute to my uh, my dying daughter on a racing driver's helmet <laughs> it was a very, very <laughs> lovely thing to do. It was a beautiful thing to do, but it was totally unnecessary oh, yeah. because she's she's really fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, Stu. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so basically, she was fine. Not in need of a, of any kind of tribute. <laughs> <laughs> but we should still try Thanks, and go and see him at a racetrack. I think, think that, that's still the so The long and the short of this... The long and the short of this is that I have now said, yes, we, we really need to do this. So August, hopefully, we'll be meeting up with the lovely Christy Doran and uh, her dad, John, again, and um, going to see some racing and hopefully putting my door in a race car. That'd be awesome. That would be very cool. Oh. <laughs> and on that note, let's do the next thing. Okay. Called it Momentum. So we've had two months since the last recording and the last announcement um, and we did put the March winner out on Twitter but we need to give him a mention here because he deserves it so it is at VitaFan9 on Twitter who completed the March challenge, did a finisher for us and actually doubled his prize. Did he Did he take a PSN voucher or a Xbox or Steam? 
No, he took a PSN voucher. PSN voucher. So he doubled from £10 to £20. Um, and excellent work. Congratulations. And I realised um, I don't know his real name. Fact, I've just got at VitaFan9. No, I've, I only know VitaFan9. But I can tell you, with his uh, with his £20 PSN voucher, um, he's bought The Legend of Heroes Cold Steel. Um, and he said he'd just finished Trails in the Sky 1 and 2. So another game in that universe with trophies was just perfect. Excellent. I'm glad he's had a use for it. It's fantastic. So thanks for taking part. And I suppose we should get on to April. So I'm going to give you a choice. Do you want to do the completionists or the people who didn't finish their April momentums? Um, do you, oh, do you know, can I do the completionists? You can do the completionists. Okay, so uh, in April, who has actually finished the games that they nominated? So uh, our previous winner, VitaFan9, has completed Fallout 4, which was also a finisher. He's platinumed Fallout 4. Yes, he did. He platinumed Fallout 4. That's impressive. Good stuff, it son. Is. Well done. And I do have to say, um, when he sent us that picture on Twitter to say he'd platinum Fallout 4, it encouraged me to go back and start playing again to get towards my platinum. And I'm glad I did. Yeah, I, should, I, should, I should play that just to get towards completing part of the story, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, good work. Uh, Psalm 67, Colm Sheridan has uh, completed Tearaway Unfolded. Now, is that any good? Because somebody, somebody tweeted us and said it was an offer. Yeah, Nick, you know what I'm like Nick for a reduced price game. Us, is it like seven ninety nine on offer this? Um, it might have only been on offer this weekend, which is Bank Holiday weekend. But um, uh, check our Twitter feed because I think we retweeted it. Curse you, Nick Holt, and your deal finding. <laughs> that man ripping money off you, isn't he? That man is the sole reason that my my pile of shame is the size it is. <laughs> okay, at Saintly Stewart uh, completed La Noir. That was a finisher as well. Well done. Uh, Square Freak, Lego Movie, The Game. That's meta. Uh, another finisher. Yep. Northern Monkey. As, uh, he's done two finishers. Yes. Lego Jurassic World and The Division. Yeah. The Division was very popular wow. this month. I can imagine, actually. Um, I wish I had a chance to play more of it. Uh, Nick Hulk, Altered Beast, and Lego Batman 3. Normal Codet Momentums. Uh Fat Man John, Crooklyn Clan, Day of the Tentacle Remastered, <laughs> that was a finisher. Uh, Mike Tack Films also finishing The Division. Uh, Fury AC3, Quantum <laughs> Quantum Break. Um, yes, finisher. Uh, At the Jedi Junkie, The Division again, that's another finisher. Matthew. Yes. Far Cry Primal. Yes. Finisher, well done. Yes. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, was that? And and last but by no means least, um, me, Andy Brown. Uh, I managed to finish the Codec Call episode 20 podcast. Yes. Which was definitely on my pile of shame. <laughs> you got added into that. Can I have a £20 voucher for that? Um, if you get drawn out of the hat, yes. But as neither mine awesome. nor your names are in the hat, it's unlikely. That sounds both horrifically unfair on my part and also incredibly fair based on the terms and conditions that we have on the website yes okay <laughs> all right then so who um who didn't manage it who didn't manage it um well we've got first up daft chunk one who'd pledged the division as a finisher um, but didn't quite get around to finishing it and um, did ask how he was doing on it i'll be honest it'd be my issue if i missed his reply and um, but i don't think i saw anything to let us know how we were doing 
uh, at VDJOMB, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. He got in touch to let us know that uh, his 100% synchronization was a little bit of a stretch this month. He's rolling it through to May. He might have had a finished game on the completions list, but Psalm 67 pledged an awful lot for April, um, including Fallout 3, Medal of Honor Vanguard, and Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. It's not too much of a surprise that he only managed one game. It's, it's a lot in there to Okay, do. yeah, it's it's making that achievement. It's taking the shine off it, let's be honest. It has a little bit. And um, <laughs> as, as much as I, I hate to side with Fury AC3 at times, um, he's got a point about Fallout 3. You need to finish that call. Fix. <laughs> um, VitaFan9 is here again um, because he did pledge to do Far Cry 4, but um, he got sidetracked by, I think it was Dark Souls 3 actually which is you know that's, fair play i think that's that a game that's going to be taking up a lot of people's time yeah, isn't it it has to be um and then also um lastly it was another double pledge it was fat man john had pledged assassin's creed syndicate but only did day of the tentacle so not bad in fairness those that um haven't finished for april if you want to roll them through to may like uh, vdj omb has done just let us know on twitter or go back in and uh, resubmit the form on the web page right cool so we need to pick a winner we do we do need to pick someone so have you got the hat or, i do i do or that thing that we pretend yep. is a hat but isn't really a hat it's it's actually the case to my headphones yes <laughs> um <laughs> would you like to do the honors okay i shall dive in and let me just get that out right it is oh it's fat man john oh excellent and he isn't it isn't up there with your up pabs, but each time I read Fat Man John, I think Fat Man Scoop. Fat Man Scoop, Crooklyn Clan! <laughs> and that tune is in my head constantly when I see that. It's it's nice and entertaining. Okay. So that's that's the second that's the second episode in a row where it's gone to a finisher yes, winner. That's a double prize for Fat Man John oh, Jesus, for completing is... Day of the Tentacle Remastered. Well done, sir. Okay, Fat Man John, well done. Uh, thank you for entering. Keep your Codec Momentum entries coming in. You can uh, you can tweet us at Codec Moments, but make sure you visit the website www.codecmoments.com to uh, to use the form there and uh, and formalise your entry. Yes, please do. Cool. Right. Awesome. Should we, uh, should we move on? Yes. Right, what are we doing now? I believe we need a Root Master update. Okay, well, it's going well. Cool. So um, the Root Master Challenge, if you've been listening, I've been trying to um, I've been trying to walk and cycle the length of uh, the US Route 66 in 12 months, so starting on the 1st of January. Up until now, I've been behind. Does this mean you've caught up? So for the end of April, my uh, my target was to be 817 miles, and I'm at 848. That is superb. So, um, so I've had a good month. I've done, I'll be honest, I've not done a huge amount of cycling. I've done I've done some while I've been away working and in hotels and stuff, but I've not. I've only been to the gym a couple of times. But what I've done is I've really upped the amount. I've been walking um, quite a lot, and it's it's really helping my distance. So, uh, for the first time in the challenge, I think I'm I think I'm ahead. I'm caught up. That, um, I'm making some inroads. That's great because what were you behind the last time we recorded? Were you 100 miles behind? I was 100 miles behind last time, uh, and I think. Before that, I was I was around about the same, but kind of expected to to fall further behind. So actually, I'm I'm doing all right. Yeah, that's great. Is that that's absolutely brilliant. So um, 
if you if you want to join me on this or if you want to uh, suggest any any apps or technology that might be able to help me uh, with my challenge, then do drop us a line at Codec Moments. Uh, or you can get me directly at Clinical Andy on Twitter. Great. Yeah, I think that's all there was to say, really. Yeah, yeah, it's all going well. No one else to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So it leaves me with uh, I've just I've got sixteen hundred miles left to go. Sixteen hundred miles, eight months, doable. 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 Two hundred a month, isn't it? Yeah. Right then. <laughs> Good segment. <laughs> Right, what's next? More competitions. Oh, okay, more competitions. So in the last episode, we were giving away a Metal Gear Rising Revengeance t-shirt and my copy of Shadowfall. Yes, and if things go to plan, this might be the last time ever you're talking about Killzone Shadowfall. Oh, good God, can you imagine? How good will that be? I'm fairly sure there's some people out there who won't ever let you forget it. Um, <laughs> basically, <laughs> yes, if we, we talked on the last podcast... Um, I'm probably, in fairness, talked on the last six months worth of podcasts about um, Andy wanting to get Shadowfall off his pile of shame. He is doing that by giving it away. Um, and on the provision that he completes a challenge that we set last time, and we're letting the listeners decide what that challenge is. I suppose fairly straightforward things. It was either Platinum, Anna Montana, the movie, the game, or write the Rainbow Six Siege review, which is about five months outstanding. It's all there in my head, you know. <laughs> it might be in your head. It's not on keyboard or on the website. As we stand at this point, as we're recording, which is the 1st of May, the polls on Twitter and Facebook are overwhelmingly platinum Hannah Montana. And I think that's pretty much yes, where it's think- going to end up. I think we're at 80% on Twitter and 90% in favour of Hannah Montana on Facebook. So, yeah, thanks, guys. It's not going to swing the other way. The poll is still open for, I think there's three days remaining. Um, In fairness, by the time this podcast goes out, it probably will have ended um, because going at our rate at the moment, it'll be August by the time anybody hears this. Um, (laughs) But we will have announced the winner of the draw by the time these goes out. But we are fully expecting that by the time we record a June podcast, that Andy is going to have to have platinumed Hannah Montana, the movie, the game, assuming we can find a copy. Okay. No uh, no pressure there. Then. No. And I think even if I fail to find you a copy, I'm pretty sure Nick Hulk has already tracked one down because he sounds like he was a fan of the game anyway. He's got a fantastic. He should set up his own. Uh, he should set up his own online game store because his tagline was, uh, "You name the format, it'll be on your doormat." <laughs> That's brilliant. He does. I he does it. need to have his own shop with that. It really does. That's so good. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. By the time <laughs> this podcast goes out, we. Andy should be well underway. We should have announced the winner who wins the T-shirt and the game. And um, we'll update next podcast. So what are we going to do? We're going um, to stream it, record it, put it on, on YouTube. Well, I think... Get some, get some audio snippets for the podcast. I think you should put to use that lovely video capture stuff. And, um, yeah, we'll do some best of bits do some highlights see if there's anything good we can put on the podcast that won't um breach any kind of copyright laws 
Okay. Okay. So we're doing a, a let's play with Hannah Montana. Yes. Sounds wrong. Uh, yeah, that is wrong. That is very, very wrong. And I think we should move on now. Okay. <laughs> right now. It's time for another Codec Call Quiz. It's time for another Codec Call Quiz. We haven't had what it feels like we haven't had a quiz for ages. It's probably because I did the last one and even that was two months ago. It was. You've got here um you've got here games that were turned into movies. Yeah, we were we were talking about a subject for the quiz. Um I suggested that given that Ratchet and Clank has just come out as a film. Um, and it may well be the first video game film ever that is not as good as the games, or is better than the games, or is neither. They're usually worse than the games, aren't they? Well, the films? Yes. They're usually worse. Oh, yes. Yes, they are usually so, terrible. So yeah. it might be good, it might be bad. We don't know. We've not seen it. We do know the games are actually good and were probably worth turning into a film. But that sparked off the idea of the quiz. And then I just got a message back from you saying leave it with me so i'm interested to know what have you done well i've um what i've done is i was desperately looking for inspiration as to what to do and i had i had an idea and then um i was looking through imdb Mm -hmm. the internet movie database uh and i thought you know what? i'm going to completely can the idea i came up with oh and go with this so i have in front of me got five quotes uh from IMDb user reviews of video game movies. Oh, oh no. And you're going to have to tell me what that movie is, what the game is. Oh, okay. So do you want the movie or the game? Or both? Well, well it'll give well, you both. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, depending, some of them have well, sequels. Matthew, I think <laughs> it's a self-evident one, that one, I'm afraid. <laughs> as long as it's not... Um, Tomb Raider and the Cradle of Life, or something like that. I'm not that specific. I'm not. I, I'm not that specific. Good. I promise. So, uh, with me, I've got a uh, Professor Kelvin Harris, our resident scientist, who's going to read them for me. Excellent. Could we not have Brian reading them? <laughs> Maybe in post production. <laughs> <laughs> the use of space in the bungee jumping inside fight scene is masterful. All three dimensions are used in a clever way, but I only worked this out afterwards. It was the choreographer's work that was masterful. The idiots who filmed and edited it did their damnedest to make it choppy, incoherent, and unexciting. As if that weren't enough, someone, it may have been the composer, it may have been the director, thought that the action scenes would be best accompanied by a tuneless, relentless, jackhammer techno beat. Indoor bungee jumping. That has to be yeah, the loom. That has to be Tomb Raider, doesn't it? It is. Yeah, well done, Lara Croft Tomb Raider. I remember the scene, and it's the only film I can think of with indoor bungee jumping. It is. Yeah, the indoor bungee jumping is uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Very good. Okay. Cool. Um. So moving on to the next one. This movie is so awful that it's great. Where to begin? Well, JCVD is great as always. Also. Kylie Minogue is in the movie. That's kind of strange. <laughs> there was only ever one pairing of them. Street Fighter. <laughs> yes, yes, it was Street Fighter. And I, I must have been Very 14 good. or 15 when I saw that. I can't remember it. I, I, do you know, I haven't seen that. I, I think I've seen it once many, many years ago, but it was it was pretty bad, I seem to remember. I, yeah. 
I've wiped it from my memory. It must have been poor. Okay. Uh, okay. So next one is um, I enjoyed the game itself very much, and it really scared the shit out of me. I was expecting a horror movie, but I soon realized that it's an action movie. Well, what can you expect from an action movie other than lots of shooting and some suspense? If you think the movie is shallow, it is, but it's supposed to be. Anyone who complains about the movie being a mindless shooting movie should realise that this is not the movie for them, so they should go watch one of their emotional movies if they want. Bitter much. <laughs> it's, uh, apparently it's, um, it's not an emotional movie. It's not an emotional movie. We're talking about video game movies here. Um, <laughs> so was it was a horror and then was a shooty film? Um... I, I thought one thing to begin with when you said horror, but then we, we talked more and more about shooting. Is is it Resident Evil? No. I think you should have gone with your, your gut on the shooty. No, no my, my, my gut was when you talked about it being horror. I was thinking of Alone in the Dark, but I don't remember that being particularly shooty. As a film, I just remember it being no. bad. And that's why I was thinking Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> do, you want, do you want a bit more from that quote? Yeah, did um so uh, so just finishing on from uh, emotional air quotes movies if they want however if you need a break and just want your testosterone pumping so you can take a break from life and just be a manly man and that's actually a full stop there this this is how it reads if you don't like the rock then go and watch a romance or comedy this movie isn't for you uh, oh. Oh, you should have said that first time around. It's Doom. Of course it. <laughs> I actually, you know, I, I remember that not being completely terrible. Well, if you want to be a manly man. A manly man. Manly man, watch Doom. <laughs> okay, I, okay. I don't think it's completely terrible. Maybe up until the last 15 minutes, I think it does get quite poor. Okay, so that's three. You've got two more. Hit me with them. Nintendo, my favourite company, has betrayed me. But then again... They didn't know that the creators of this movie would defile the game that made Nintendo an extremely successful video game company. But enough of that. Let me tell you what is wrong with this movie. Everything. <laughs> I genuinely can only think of one Nintendo film. So it's got to be Super Mario Brothers. It is Super Mario Brothers. I think there may have been a movie called Donkey Kong, but I think that's probably a porno. <laughs> and we'll not be covering that here. <laughs> okay, so yes, yeah, so you got four out of four. Well, no, yeah, well, well three, and give, a half, three and a half out of four. So yeah, give, give us half a point for number three for Doom. I needed a second clue. The final one, I think this is a toughie, but you may get it. Okay, first of all, I'm a huge zombie movie fan. I loved all of Romero's flicks and thoroughly enjoyed the remake of Dawn of the Dead. So, when I had heard every single critic railing this movie, I was still optimistic. I mean, critics hated Resident Evil, and while it may not be a particularly great film, I enjoyed it if not for the fact that it was just a fun zombie shoot-em-up with a half-decent plot. This, however, is pure crap. <laughs> right. A zombie film. Based on a zombie game. That's not Resident Evil. And it's pure crap. <laughs> now, I I watched one about two months ago. Is it this? Is it 
Dead Rising Watchtower. No. Oh. Any more clues? Right, so um, we've got we've got a section for another quote for this one as your, your second clue. Okay. Also, the zombies were terrible. Nowhere near as fun as any of Romero's work, who gets a plug in the movie? And the dumbest part of all was they kept showing flashes of the video game in the action sequences, like we don't get the video game is about shooting zombies. Also, all the 20-somethings somehow know how to use automatic weapons and hit a target without even aiming the gun. And the way the people die is so stupid, it's like they run out of ammo, so stand around waiting to be jumped on. And when cornered in front of the house, they run out of ammo instead of shooting the door open. So dumb. I've not got any... Hang on a clue. Oh. You're giving up. I'm going to... I genuinely cannot think of what it is. It was... uh, It's Juve Ball's House of the Dead. Oh, that'd be why then. I've had Juve Ball's works scraped from my mind. (laughs) I still... I was still in two minds whether I watch Far Cry or not. Because I keep thinking... I love the idea of a Far Cry film. And then I see directed by Yue Ball. And I think, no. Based on the reviews I read as the research for this, don't bother. No, I, I haven't bothered yet. <laughs> there you go. Well, three and a half out of five. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite glad I didn't get that last one. It would have been I'd seen it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> and I do like the bit that they apparently dropped bits of the video game into the film. Have you seen it? No, no, I've never seen it. So let me tell you a story. Um, I I used to date a girl uh, in Hull who's a postgraduate called Lisa. And we went to the cinema on a date. And I think we were going to go and see it. was something like Seabiscuit at the time. <laughs> and it was we got to the cinema and it was full. And there were no other showings like for ages and whatever. So we, we kind of looked through and the only thing that was on was House of the Dead. <laughs> It's a different tone so of film, up, obviously, to see Biscuit. So yeah, so oh my god, we ended up we ended up going to watch House of the Dead, and it was just atrocious. It really was. It was so bad. I can't. I can't remember. I think we may have even walked out. It may be one of the few films I've actually walked out of in the end. But we gave it long enough. But it's, it was just terrible. Really, is a terrible film. But yeah, they literally cut in really lo-fi <laughs> House of the Dead arcade machine footage. In in the middle of these action sequences, <laughs> and not not like short sections, quite long sections of the video game, where you're just like, "What is going on here?" You've 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 quite made your point. Thank you, Mister Ball. Oh, I can't believe that. Well, I can't believe that. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that was fun. Anyway, there's hope for the Assassin's Creed movie. Then it can't be any worse. No, it is getting it is getting some positive press, even though it's not out. Um, there seems to be quite a lot of um, nice things being said about how it could be. But then, that's always the case, isn't it? Yeah, but it's no sea biscuit, is it? No, no, I'm sure it'd be better than sea biscuit. Oi! <laughs> right, I think that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was quite a good quiz, I quite like that one. Good, right, so, uh, so your turn next time. Yeah, I'll think of something. Right, is that is that it? Are we doing the wrap up? We are. That's the end of the Codec Call Twenty One. Fabulous. Well, okay. If you uh, if you want to get in touch and talk to us about any of the topics that we covered today, what what you've been playing, let us know because we always like to hear what other people have been playing. It kind of um, it kind of 
informs our choices. It does. It does. People say things or they drop us a note about, oh, I'm doing this, and it makes us go, oh, yeah. Yeah, I fancy playing that. It hit me um, It hit me with something yesterday morning. No, Friday afternoon it was. I saw somebody been playing um, God of War 3 remastered, and within 10 minutes that had been ordered and is on its way. So we do um we do really like it when you let us know what you're playing as well and um if you've got any if you've got any comments about that then um we could feature them in the next podcast so let us know. Uh, also if you uh, if you want to talk about the PlayStation Neo or the possibility that they you know there may be an, an Xbox um 1.5 as well um then get in touch with us about that. Yeah, I'd love to know what everybody's thoughts are on that. Um and really whether anybody's going to buy into it or not yeah i think i think there's going to be a lot of very cynical people out there about about this yeah yeah it, may, it might be one of those things we have to see in practice but yeah let us know your initial initial thoughts on it at the moment okie dokie and also codec momentums keep them coming in you can uh, visit our website which is codecmoments.com uh click on the codec momentum page and there's a form at the bottom there where you can enter you can win yourself £10 worth of fabulous PSN, Xbox, Steam, whatever vouchers. Um, oh. And if you if you complete a finisher, which is where you tick the box to say you're going to go above and beyond and you're going to platinum it or get 100% of the trophies or if there's a, a meaningful 100% completion screen, then we'll double it because we're nice like that. Yeah. And it is not just pounds, by the way. It would be in whatever currency is uh, relevant to your region. It's one of the few things we can do that multi-region when it comes to prizes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. Right. Um, how to get in touch with us, Matthew? You can get in touch with us at Codec Moments on Twitter, or Codec Moments on Facebook, or contact hyphen us at codecmoments.com. They're the best ways. Um, we are still accepting Morse code entries. We've not had any this month. It'd be nice to get one. Right, good. Yes, a nice short hour and twenty six minutes of recording oh, God, there. Joking. So we're down to about an hour then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back um, soon. I'm not sure. Are we are we going to try and do a mid month? I, th- I think let's see how this goes. If we if we get this edited <laughs> and out, we'll see. We might try and we might try and do a quick catch up in the week, but in uh, in about two weeks. But we'll uh, we'll see where we go. Uh, thank you very much for listening again. Don't forget, drop us a line if you want to if you want to get involved in any way at all. Please let us know because we uh, we really really love the input that you guys have. Yes, yeah, we wouldn't do this if we didn't have the input. So it's great. Um, right, okay, thanks very much, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Take care, everyone. Till next time. Bye. Cheers, bye. <laughs>